Jazz Faces, True All-Stars. Uh, yeah, so episode two, we're talking to a DJ from Philadelphia. Nice. Well, we're talking, this is somebody I look up to. How have you managed to wangle that one then, Bas? Well, he is the co-owner of Grown Folks Radio, who, as you know, yeah. I have ties with. Yeah. And um, he, he's, ju- he's, just, he's just a great character. And I asked him and he said, yeah. Season two, episode two. I've got a guest who is a legend where he is from. He has crossed the Atlantic and is now a legend in my life. I'm talking about Eddie DJ Kid Disco Davis, who is co-owner of Grown Freaks Radio in Philadelphia and uh, a, a DJ who goes way back to old school and brings his style into today and is a phenomenal mixologist turntablist and also comes with his own bag of sound effects which i absolutely endorse and love eddie how you doing my friend i'm probably the only dude ever that you interview that bring their own let's just do it bring their own shit confirm you are the only person that I have in person that I have interviewed that brings their own shit <laughs> now listen anybody listening if you don't like language yeah maybe choose another podcast because it's about to get raw <laughs> up in here which is yeah I'm let me give y'all the disclaimer right about now. Um, like Baz said, I have a morning show, and yeah, it's off the hook. It's not for kids. It's not for not for granny. It might be for granny. It depends on what your grand. I, my grandmother was raw, so I don't know who knows. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's about to get. Real. So Eddie, let's talk about when we first met. Um, I had interviewed Cinder, who was season one, episode three of this uh, podcast. Cinder Williams, of course, um, actress who was in Mo Better Blues and many other films, uh, is a singer, uh, author, and uh, podcast host as well, uh, and is also on Great Freaks Radio. Uh, she invited me onto her show, the PPC Radio Show, and this is where I met yourself, Shelley Shell Williams, who was my season closer for, for season one, uh, also Philadelphia Connect, uh, and uh, Craig was on it as well, I believe. I believe Craig. Craig. Engel. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's, 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 as we say in 20 second timeout. Actually, you were on the Melanated Morning Show first time I met you. It was just me and Cinder. You had already, yes, you had already interviewed Cinder. I said, oh, Cinder says, well, I would like to bring somebody to to the morning show. Okay, because we had already interviewed another guy from the UK. Okay. I was was definitely on PPC, and I'll tell you why. No, you were. were. I'll tell you you why. I was on both, yeah. 
this is I'm talking about when I first met you. When I first met you, you couldn't see. <laughs> that is, well, hell, I couldn't see past my eyelashes for the last umpteen years. Shit. You kept you literally. You came onto the screen with these dark glasses. Uh, I think uh, something had just gone wrong with your eyes, um, and you, you couldn't see. You, we. You also had what that therapist who went a little. I'm going to say that she went a little bit loco. Um, oh yeah, know, that was PB's. Yeah. No film in the camera. Yes. Yes, that was. Um, wow. That was. An you ever, that, there's been times, and I've been doing this talk radio thing for about what three years now, but I've been doing hmm. radio for ever, and I've interviewed a lot of weird people and there's some times where it they catch me and I'm just sitting there like <laughs> and every once in a while you'll just see me go and <laughs> and for those of y'all that are like who not seeing this are like what is he doing I said what the fuck for me <laughs> That was because I'd never, I, I mean, I've done radio before, obviously done podcasts before, but I've never done like a panel situation. So that was my first panel situation. I was kind of nervous because, you know, you guys are all big characters. Um, and then it, would, it just got really surreal because at one point, this lady asked Cinder if she was into music. And I thought, what, the recording artist, Cinder Williams, is she into music? Um, yeah. Um, and then she kept repeating the phrase, I've completed Netflix, which I'm pretty sure she hasn't. Um, <laughs> and then it was, and, and this is where it got really real for me. And it was almost like, it was almost like a Jerry Springer moment where um, she kind of, because you had a problem. I think the guy who was looking at your eyes didn't treat you too good. Oh, was a bit, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she was like, and Kid Disco, that guy who treated you bad, fuck him, fuck him. It was like, oh my gosh, what have I let myself in for? <laughs> yeah, how about that? So... I'm going to help you. You know, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you a gift today. I'm going to help you out. <laughs> so this is going to be the strangest interview that you've ever had. Okay, please don't say that she's. You're going to bring her into the call. <laughs> no, 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 nothing like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> damn, that would be cool. First, that of would all, not be cool. <laughs> for those of y'all that are looking. Before we get started, Eddie's got your face covering on. Put on your goddamn mask. Now, I'm going to tell you why this is important. First of all, I don't want y'all to be getting sick. I don't want y'all catching shit. And some of y'all really need this because your fucking breath smells like a whole can of what the fuck. Okay? Wow. Yeah. So, this serves so many purposes. And those are the ones that want to get up on you. Excuse me. Um, could you tell me, yo, go that away? Mm. Now, if you got, if you don't have a mask or you don't have a good looking mask, or whatever, go to www.grownfolksradio.com and 
we'll get you this. We can get you a hat. We can get you one of these. We all this stuff. Anyway, yeah, this message to my man. So go ahead, go ahead, Bass. First question. I'm sorry. Well, no, let's talk about the branded stuff because this is stuff that I want to wear, but I feel like international shipping will bleed me dry. <laughs> yeah, sorry, bro. So, you got paid. Yeah. <laughs> There are no freebies when it crosses international waters. Yeah, once we get, to, like, if you was in Chicago or something, I got you, but <laughs> you got to go across the pond. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. Damn. So your logo for Grown Folks Radio, um, that is, uh, so the sort of red emblem in the middle, that is the middle of an old sort of uh, vinyl 45, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, was that your idea? Is that your concept for that logo? Actually, yeah. Um, this is just an extension of the logo. I've been actually using that logo for about whew, 15 years now. It's been my brand. Mm. And what it really represents, and I'd like to say this publicly for the goobers that don't get it. Um, oh, you're copying off of Newmark. No. Newmark copied off of history. Mm-hmm. So what this is, if you guys, um, for you older guys, older people, if you remember the 45s, and you had the big spindle and you couldn't, I mean, you had the skinny spindle for the, for the, for the you know, for the actual albums. But the 45 had the big circle. So this was the centerpiece that you could fit on the spindle. So for the younger people listening, um, we're talking about vinyl records. So uh, the the, uh, the iconography of the logo comes from the uh, centerpiece of vinyl records. And, and it was mostly 45, what was, it was 45 RPMs. Presents the, the, the RPMs, you had 33 and the third, you had 45. Yeah, it was, a, it was your albums, yeah. And then you had albums that were 78. What that concept was about, don't ask me. I have no idea. <laughs> it did, it did, it did, those vinyl records did seem like they had a lot of science going into them. So when you, so you, you're obviously a DJ. Mm-hmm. When, when you started, you were using vinyl. Put it this Are way. You, when I started DJing, Reagan was in his second term. Wow. And the Cosby's had just became prime time. Uh, damn. <laughs> that, that uh, is, uh, that's the eighties where you just <laughs> encapsulated. Eighty six to, yeah. to be to be honest. Actually, no. Um, let's start from the beginning. Hip hop for me is what fuels me, what feeds me, and for those that don't know, I'm not only braggadocious stuff, but I am considered one of the foremost authorities on the East Coast as far as hip-hop goes. Everybody mm-hmm. comes to me, ask this guy, ask this guy. You want the footage, you want the... I got original tapes. I got original Jazzy Jeff tapes. Um, battle tapes. Before he even met Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Um... So three years prior to me DJing, I was actually an MC. I was MC at EF for like three years. Um, and as time went along, I'm like, damn, I'm the DJ they want to get all the women. The, you know, 
of the MC. He's just there. You know? Yeah. The DJ's the one that's getting laid. Well, what the hell am I using this for? I'm trying to get laid. I don't want to be the sidekick. I wouldn't be the one that controls the whole situation. Like, without the DJ, nothing else is going to work. So, um, the group that I was in, uh, Cutman's and Funk, it was me, Chili C, another DJ, and DJ EZT, who was Grandmaster Ann at that time. Yeah. And um, I was MC at yeah. So, we had two DJs and two MCs, actually, all together. And I decided, you know, I want to learn how to do that so they started teaching me and um i started learning and, you know around 86 i said okay i'm ready to jump out there all together so i changed my name to uh dj kid disco because the guy that was teaching me was dj mr disco whole head mm-hmm. so it was like yo what is he like a little kid or something kid disco and one of his homies, because he was an older guy, I was, like I said, I was about 19 at the time when I was learning how to DJ, 18, 19. Yeah, I was about yeah. And he was an older guy, so he must have been in his 30s. So to, to us, you know, that was real, you know. And they was like, yeah, look at baby disco, baby disco. And I was like, well, kid disco, you know, because we already had a kid flash. You know, kid, yeah. this, kid, this. so you know that was the thing. So, you know, and I just kept it over the years, and I actually retired and um, took a long break in '99. From '99 to about 2007, and when I came back, I said, you know, I'm gonna change my name, whole new persona. I'm gonna go to. Um, I think it was going to go with Eddie Kane or something crazy like that. And then somebody said, yo, that's not going to work because nobody remembers you as that. Yeah. If you go back to your original, at least some of the, some of the old heads will remember you and eventually your name will get back out there. I'm like, yeah, true, true. So, to answer you guys' question, I'm like wondering how long have I been doing this? Ever. Just take the four off. And as far as DJing goes, um, there's a lot of different types of DJs. You got club DJs, you got showcase DJs, you got, uh, um, I'm not going to mention that one because I think it's a joke, wedding DJs. Um, hey, don't knock it. <laughs> Sometimes you, I once got asked to, to play a wedding and the guy said, um, we just want R&B and hip hop. I was like, are you kidding me? And he went, yeah, just play R&B and hip hop. And that was a cool wedding to do. See, my thing with wedding DJs is that, and and um, they are really phony. Most of them can't blend two eggs together, more or less two beats. And they're really not DJs. They're more or less AV guys or MC at best, you know, the wedding singer or whatever yeah i think i think the pure cure the pure core wedding dj is like that but like say so people like me so right. i am a dj but i am also I am freelance so somebody says, you're a dj that covers weddings yeah see where so i come saying, from hmm. djs there is no wedding dj you're a dj period hmm. that means you do everything from but me personally i come from what, what could be considered the battle scene turntables yeah. uh 
and I had some stuff to show you um and I'm going to show it to you a little clip so they can understand because first of all my setup is so awkward to begin with because most people you see turntable mixer in the middle turntable hmm. mine is not mine is turntable turntable mixer Fast faces true all-stars amazes people like how do you do that you either get the ones that that's like, oh my god that's like I, how do you do that or i get the haters that are like that's because you can't use your left hand i can use my left hand watch <laughs> so how do you just uh at least say flip the bird <laughs> quite professionally with his left hand <laughs> Do you do you get now? Now this this is a bugbear of mine. Um, when you're playing, whether in a club, bar, whatever, there's always another DJ who will come in and announce that he's a DJ. And it's like, and it's like, yeah, but you're not working. I am. <laughs> like, go away. You know, that happens. I don't do that. If I if I know the DJ. Mm. That's one thing. Yeah, yo, what's up? But it's still a, a you know, give you a pound or shake hand, you know. Yeah, yeah. Acknowledge and not going about my business. If I don't know you and you coming up to me I'm like, yeah, I'm a DJ. I'm used to, you know, my name, you know, I was DJ Scratch and Sniff and whatever. Man, yo, <laughs> Dude, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, well, you know, I was. I'm DJ Scratch and said, my homie used to be MC such and such. Yeah, but you know. I, then why aren't you working? <laughs> and then, then I get the, well, um, you should put that together, put that, man, come on, guys. Do I come and tell you how to put the right amount of salt on the fries? Yeah. <laughs> like, do I come and McDonald's talk about, yo, you need to drop that basket? Come on, man, stop. But you know, it, it's funny, I, I think because music resonates with people so much that they, they, their opinions are strong. So I, I constantly find myself not arguing with people when I'm DJ. But they're like, no, you should do this, you should do this. And it's like, first of all, you need to respect that I've been doing this for, say, 23 years. Yeah. But on the same scale, I respect that music means something to them. So music moves them in a way and they, they just kind of, that's all they know. And it's like, well, I'm more experienced at playing to the masses. Um, but you, you do you do find yourself getting into real sort of, you know, juicy, almost disputes even. And people who, 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 who want to lead the direction of the music. And it's like, well, no, that's my job. You just, you know, sort well, of just dance. See, with me, I'll put these on and fake it. And I have this incredible gift 
to treat people like a fart in the wind. So, you know, you know, I, you know, I, you're in the crowd of people, somebody busts their ass, you're like, damn, who did that shit? But you're still looking around and it's like, oh, uh, yeah, that's what I do. It's like a fart in the wind and they don't exist. First of all, I don't let people, a lot of times, especially when I'm doing a showcase or if I'm in battle, and I can honestly say in the last five years, I've only lost one battle. That's strong statistics. And that was so critical. Because my style, um, my mixes, my style is methodical. Because I believe, first of all, music is the soundtrack of your life, of our lives. So, what I mean by that is, I can play any song at any given time, and you can really think back. Even though it's popular, damn, I was doing this, or I was doing that, or I was doing this, or I was doing that. So, when I say I'm methodical with my mixes, I'm methodical to the point I am. I don't, um, I'm, I don't, I'm not all over the place. I hate to hear DJs where you actually need a passport to listen. What I mean by that, you all over the place with it. You done went from 98 to 115, like 9, 115, the hell are you doing? So when I say I'm methodical, I actually tell a story with a mix. Hmm. So you're gonna, I'm gonna, and I can literally give me, give me, give me, let's say an hour, an hour mix time, right? Or I'll even say 45 minutes. I will take you, I promise you, I'll take you through five genres. Hmm. And you'll never realize that I just told you a whole story. Pretty much. And I'll make our remix, I've remixed. Um, that's the producer me. I've remixed everything from <laughs> actually Christmas. I did this remix, um, and I know I'm going straight to hell for this one, but <laughs> it was funny. it was funny as fuck. Uh, it was I saw mommy's kissing Santa Claus. Yeah, up with uh the Baltimore Club thing. Uh, there's some whores in this house. <laughs> what was she doing kissing Santa Claus anyway? That's, that's not Santa's joke. <laughs> not to mention, I had a problem with this little kid. I'm going to tell my dad, you little snitch. Like, snitches get snitches. Hey, first of all, you draw snitching. Like, what kind of shit is that? One of the things, um, so I did a gig. Well, I said I did a gig. I did my son's school disco a couple of weeks ago, but I spent a couple of months training my son to do like a seven to ten song set. He's eight, yeah. I trained him how to do it, trained him how to get his mixes off, um, which I guess is is easier in this day and age because of the, the DJ controller now is your programming. You're more programming. Um, and, you know, I did... You know, there's that debate, are you really doing stuff, are you really doing stuff? And I think, you know, I I paid my dues. I used to manually find and match my BPMs. I used to have to do do that um, a very, very limited time. Um, I'd have to have these sets in my head. But now I have playlists 
they're auto, they tell me exactly what BPMs they are. I can just go right and play between this BPM and this BPM. Um, so my promise to myself with that is I need to do more now that all of the work is being taken out. So I, you know, there's a little cool toys on a DJ controller now, like uh, the neural mix, where you can you can fade out, you can actually take out the backing music. So one of my favorite things to do at the moment is when I'm doing a mix, I will literally cut the backing music of one track. So I have the vocal and I'll ride that on something that I've looped. So you almost have this kind of live mashup. And one of the things me and my son did is we, we, we absolutely detest Christmas songs. So we took Mariah Carey's All I Want For Christmas Is You. Yeah, one of the things uh, my DJ controller has, it has live loops. Yeah, so it has, you know, your house music pack, your hip hop pack, whatever. So we just took the background music, left Mariah singing, we put some four on four drum beats on it. And me and my son were like pressing different riffs and stuff like that. And I thought, this is really cool. But you could, you literally couldn't do that 20 years ago. How do you, how do you, what, what are your thoughts on this? Because what you do is essentially pure DJing. However, the technology is there for you to use that pure DJ brain and add more and more and more sort of quicker. Have you, have you ever? Yeah. First of all, um, as far as Mariah Carey, that's another one of my remixes I did during the mm. Christmas holidays. But mine was a little bit more naughty. It was all I want for Christmas was WAP. And I mixed up Cardi B. With, it went perfectly. It really did. So what you make is a mashup. Um, and that's where people get confused. There's the difference between a mashup and a blend. A blend is mm. usually just two beats. Or you have a remix, which means you're taking the original um, beat out, out and you're putting an acapella. Mm. A mashup is you basically totally redoing. Um, you're putting a mashup is when you're taking a beat that's totally different from the original and you're taking the acapella. You're basically just redoing the whole song. Mm. Basically. Um, as far as how to have I adjusted, yeah, I do pure DJing, that's true. But now, because of technology and things like, excuse me, virtual DJ, um, and my mixer, which I have the S9, the Pioneer DJ in the S9, S9. Mm. That mixer is a whole production mixer. It's not just a battle mix. It's not just because usually a two-channel mixer is, is is for battle, you know, for you know, showcasing all that. But the way the technology is now, if you're still doing, you know, you know, back to back. It's boring. <laughs> it really is. So I'm the type now where I'm on virtual DJ using four decks, doing all kind of you know innovative stuff. Because I'm sorry if you if you're still going back to back and doing the old fashioned house parties type of the way I see it, only other DJs wants to hear that turntablism. 
it's still alive and well, but it has a certain audience. Mm. There used to back as recent as the 90s, the 80s, the 90s, you know, that turntable, we scratched everything. We would scratch slow songs. Yeah. But that was the thing back then, you know, that Mm. was considered, but now people, they just want to hear their song. Mm. And especially in the club, they don't even come to the club to dance anymore. They really come to the club to meet up, take selfies, get some phone numbers out of each other's phone. Maybe all the dudes have a dance contest against all the girls and then they leave and go do Netflix and chill or whatever, them old nasty bastards. <laughs> nowadays, the whole club scene is totally different. You know, people don't get a haircut no more. I don't know. You know. But it used to be a time, my best times in the clubs um, is when you have a booth that's kind of above the dance floor. Yeah. I used to play at this place, um, second story, and you had to actually climb up a ladder Mm. to get into the booth, to get up to the platform to get into the booth. When you're in the booth and you're looking at all the reaction as you're playing, that's what gives you, lets you know what direction to go in. The most important tool that a DJ will ever have is not the scratch, it's not the, uh, it's not the, you know, the number one tool for a DJ. Two things. But number one, how to read a crowd. Amen, brother. If you can't read your crowd, everything else. And I've seen cats that are amazing on the wheels that can spin on their head and set the bitch on fire and disappear like Dorothy and the Wiz, all kind of shit. Yeah. Just one problem. If you're in the club and people are trying to dance, they don't want to hear the zigga, 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 zigga. Yo, calm down, Cannon. Trying to dance here. You have to know what's appropriate for what. It's and, almost like a telepathic engagement. Yeah, it is. You have yeah. to you have you have to be one with your crowd. But people think that, oh yeah, he's killing it. He's got the dance floor packed all night long. No, he's not. He's killing his career. I'm a, mm. in that club. I'm gonna tell you why. If they're on the dance floor all night long and you're in the club, dance floor is packed all night long. Guess what's empty? I'll let the you bar. Exactly. <laughs> now, how much money do you make on the get on the dance floor? Nothing. <laughs> how much money do you make at the bar? Well, uh, last time I did a gig, it was just over ten grand. <laughs> exactly. Like you might make about three grand on the door, hmm. but the bar. Now, here's the thing: if the barmaid is not happy. Guess what? The DJ really doesn't count. It's the barmaids and the bartenders. Now, here's what's going to happen. First of all, let's say you suck as a DJ. You're playing whack music. They're going to go to the bar. Because once they leave your dance floor from, from whackness, you'll never get them back. No. They're going to go to the floor bar, drink another drink, and they're going to complain to the barmaid. And at the end of the night, you, you got to lose your job. You're going to lose mm. your job. 
But if you don't have sense enough, yeah, you can have the dance floor lit. But you got to know how to bring them down. To send them for a break. You want to clear, not clear the dance floor. Like, you don't want them to, you know. Yeah. He played Grease Lightning or some shit, you know. But you want the, you want to send them to the bar, let them drink, you know, pay the star maids, as we call them, bar maids, bartender, let them do their thing while, you know, old drunk Uncle Louis over there begging for coochie for some young girl, you know, with a sweater yeah. three sizes and two tight with a hole in this natural. But you need that in any club. See, and DJing. The problem with, not problem, well, it is a bit of a problem. With DJing nowadays, like you said, it's easy and anybody can do it. And the culture that I so love is almost dying. It's saturated with, cult, with the culture is saturated with the vultures, the culture mm. vultures. And you got guys that wake up you know what i saw a youtube video i want to be a dj so they go download some tracks off of youtube go buy a cheap controller um take a couple pictures and make it look like they're doing something invite their family to the back out cook out with grandma and, and uncle betty i mean i'm I'm uncle no leave it uncle betty i like that <laughs> well these days you never know shit. You know, two weeks later yeah i'm the hottest dj out there how you a DJ you watch a tutorial on YouTube yeah. back in my day you know how you learn literally these fingers were sore is how bad that it, it, it got mm. really um and when so people can understand I want to show you something real quick so that people will really understand how serious this is Wow. You're looking at about 10,000 watts. So you've got a, a photo of Eddie in front of four powered speakers. Um, each speaker is sizable, about the size of a sort of large male torso, if you like. And um, that's, that's going to, that is block party business, my friend. That's highway party. Yeah. I can remember having this set up out there and we were in Philly, we were at 29th Street. And people coming up, yo, yo, cuz, I heard you at 28th Street, 27th Street, 26th Street. <laughs> I remember I did a block party once and no lies, lady came out, she's like, the teacher is great, but my dishes are falling. <laughs> so when she did that, when she said that, it just so happens I was standing she didn't realize I was my dishes are fine and I'm standing there bathroom saying yes mm. yes yes I'm wrecking some shit so real quick um before we get out of here I want to show you exactly show you your 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 those who are listening um I'm not trying to be smart but what I'm gonna show y'all if you can't see it because whatever it really sucks to be you. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but it really sucks to be I'm such an asshole. You know, <laughs> it's funny that I'm doing 
more talk radio now than DJing these days. Mm. And when me and Cindy get together in the morning and we do the, the morning show, music doesn't really come up at all. We're sitting there talking politics and I would have never thought in a million years that I'd be on some CNN shit. I, you know, I, Does that frustrate you? Say again? Does that frustrate you? Yeah, it does. It, it, damn, is it showing? It, 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 it's, it's not that it frustrates me. It, yeah, I guess it does. It frustrates me because um, when Trump was, when Donald Trump was in office, you could get enough material to last you for the next 10 years. Like, he did some stupid mm. shit every day. Like, it was like a list of stupid shit that he did daily. Like, you ever meet somebody, you ever had a boss, a new boss come in, and everybody's down in the break room taking bets on when this dumb motherfucker's gonna get fired? Yeah. And that's where Trump was at. So it was easy. But now that he's out and Joe Biden listening to everything that joe biden done okay have you ever gone outside nice day sitting maybe the backyard or in the park or whatever really nice day and you actually sit there and watch the grass grow <laughs> i got one better okay have you ever watched ice melt <laughs> yes yes have you ever watched paint dry yeah I, i've tried not to because <laughs> i know exactly what that would be like so, um, that's, yeah, it's, 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 it's. Well, I, I put this to you. I, I put this to you, Eddie. Yeah. Um, you don't have to. Okay. When people tune into Grow Votes, yeah, they're not necessarily tuning in for your subject matter. They're tuning in to hang out with you guys. Yeah. Um, it's why... I try and listen when I can. The timing's awkward for me. But there are times that I just, and it's, you know, a lot of the subject matter goes over my head because it's American. But it, there, there are these moments when, when you guys kind of bounce off each other, which is, or when Cinder tells you off, like she will literally scold you for something. It's, it's those things. And it's like, I, I remember, I was, I was, I remember filling in for Cinder once. So it was me, you, and Shelley, yeah? Mm -hmm. And we didn't have an agenda, we just talked. And it, it's still, for me, one of the funniest things I've ever done. Because we covered everything and nothing from relationships to chicken wings. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. Yeah, right. And I still sometimes watch that back and I think this, this is just a happy place for me. So, um, if, if you're bored of your format, change it. got me there you, 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 you. yeah you got me there you do you, um, do you because because you're it's almost like your promises to talk about um topical events do you have to and and uh, you know i'm not trying to stir shit up i'm you know you know um you've got such like cinder's so articulate with with topical stuff as well she's really on the ball um so it would be a waste if if you didn't but could you not just 
go right today we're just going to talk about whatever we're going to talk about what i did this week or you did this week or you know i probably could because you know a melanated morning show for instance yeah mm-hmm. you, you could say you know from from this point to seven days previous how did i get through that week just being black that's a radio show every week on its own. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? How did I do it? Yeah. It's hard work being a black man. It, it, it really is. But mm. not only it, it's hard work being a black man, but it's also easy work in these days and times. Mm. Because of, of the George Floyd mu- movement. And I, I got to be honest with you, because of the George Floyd movement, um, people are more aware of, of you know, certain things. Mm. Um, yeah, that is hard. That, that is, that's really hard. Um, but this is what I'm saying, saying to you, um, Ed. I never ever script my my podcasts. Yeah, I I say hello and see where it goes from there. And I literally can get up to two, three hours worth of material just from saying hello and kind of going, you know what, I'll, I'll talk to you about some things in the past, but I'll never cover everything. It will just be, this is what's going to go in the juice. Um, well, Shelly. And you're brilliant at that. You're actually, you're, you're so funny. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're knowledgeable. Um, you've got, you know, I can say something, I bet you've got a story to back that up. Or you've got an experience that is similar. Um, well, I, got, I just got some funny, stupid shit. I just, it yeah, just comes yeah. off the dome. Yeah. And with Shelly, here's the thing. Shelly had the longest running video show in Philadelphia's history. Mm. Urban Expressions. To show that's actually, yeah. Yes, that's actually how Shelly and I met. Back in 2012, um, I got a phone call, and it was Shelly. And at that time, um, if you didn't know who Shelly Williams was, you was under a rock. Yeah. You were in Philadelphia. You just wasn't with it as far as the She hip-hop. scares me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. Just the, the presence. And, you know, when she talks, you know everything is, like, correct. Shelly. Yeah. Shelly is a staple here in Philadelphia. Mm. And when I got the phone call to be on this show, you know, she was like, I'm, hi, um, this is Shelly Williams from Urban Express. I'm like, get out of here. She's like, no, this is Shelly Williams from Urban Express. I'm looking for a DJ, and, I, and your name was mentioned to me. Really? She's like, yeah, I'm down here on the set. Could you be here? And I left. And, and me and Shelly been best of friends ever since then yeah and your your dynamic with Shelly as well it's like you you are literally the glue of that whole thing <laughs> well me and Shelly have done this quite a few times lately we have interviewed so many people together yeah. um, we've done some that we know how to bounce off of each other mm. Shelly and I just have this natural thing um, as a matter of fact during during COVID during the shutdown we had this thing Shelly was doing 30 interviews in 30 days. 
Wow. You're interviewing somebody every day. And of course, I was the engineer on the gig. And after the interview, her and I would sit around for another half an hour and do the, I guess, the after party or whatever. We would talk. And we would, like you said, talk about whatever. It just, it, it, there's no telling where it could go. So, yeah, you're right. I, I am a, um, Cinda says that all the time. She's like, the show wouldn't do well without your levity. Because there's no telling what I might say. I might go from, uh, talking about, you know, what's going on with the infrastructure and all that, getting serious. And the next thing you know, I'll come right and ask you some shit like, um, Remember the Peanuts, right? Charlie mm. Brown. Mm. So, do you think Peppermint Patty and Marcy were fucking? <laughs> I think they were kids this guy. <laughs> right. But wait a minute. They were... Because she called her sir. Alright, maybe that's too... Alright, maybe that's too intricate. Okay, let's, let's, let's do one better. Okay, there. There's, prob- there's probably... Some insinuation there. Right. Okay, I got I got a better one for you. <laughs> this is just for the fellas. Who was hotter? Wilma or Betty? I'm going for Betty. <laughs> but, I think you know brunette over ginger, I guess. But sorry, strawberry. Here's blonde. the problem with that whole scenario. So Bam Bam shows up on the on the doorstep, right? That was the story. That's the story that she told Barney. Fred and Betty was fucking. Secretly. Just so that y'all know. Yeah, Wilma was secretly working for the count. You know, he yeah. was a pimp. Did you ever see see here's the thing? The count always showed up. On Sesame Street, with the ladies counting his dough, but you never seen him going down the houses because he didn't live there. That's where he got his money from. You know, and he would sell weed on the side to the Cookie Monster, and he wouldn't hung out with Shaggy and Scooby. I'm sorry, is this getting too deep? It's, it's really not getting deep. It's, <laughs> it's going sideways, but not deep. <laughs> and in the meantime, Carol Brady. Was fucking Alice the maid? True fact. Why do you think they were always in the kitchen? And Mike Brady didn't come home until late. You know why? Because he was hanging out with Rock Hudson. Okay, so let's go. Let's stop. <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting for you to get to Bert and Ernie <laughs> sharing a bed. Bert and Ernie were lovers. Okay. Ain't no two grown ass men gonna be sitting there in the tub giving each other a bath talking about singing my rubber ducky. <laughs> rubber ducky. <laughs> Come on. Really? Really? Bert and Ernie and the I couple. Remember the I couple, Felix and, the, Felix and Oscar? I, I don't remember them. <laughs> it was the 70s, you know. They were trying to fake it. Oh, yeah, you know. No, you know what they were. But Bert and Ernie. Bert and Ernie and Frankenberry. Okay. You don't remember Frankenberry from the Frankenberry cereal? I don't know if we had that over here. Y'all never had Frankenberry? 
See, this is the thing um, with American culture. If you're into it over here, you'll get the references. So there'll be, say, stuff I watch, and they'll mention somebody, and it's like, it's like my wife. She may not get the reference, but I'm like, oh, no, I've kind of looked into that. I kind of get the reference, and it's funny. Um, Okay, chap, we're going to go to UK for a minute. Benny Hill. That's the most current thing. (laughs) Because every kid in America, every little boy, that was our porn. Like, you you couldn't get porn nowhere else. That was our porn. You know, that was our legal porn. Benny Hill always had some chicken and the boobies came out. But there was always the old guy, naked guy. And you didn't notice that back then. Benny Hill was on that stuff. Cause they had, Benny Hill was the next level. He was on that stuff. And then you had the guy running around naked on the bicycle. And Benny Hill, the, the theme means so much to me now because back when Trump was in office and I would be covering the news uh, this uh um news uh you know what they call it the uh you know when everybody stands out long and he, and he lies his ass off yeah. I always felt like whenever a press conference was going on that it would be appropriate that the Benny Hills theme should be playing in the background because mm. it just like a scene from the Benny Hill like nobody knew which way they go but this transformation, um, to get back to series, the transformation from hip hop, um, DJ, and everything to talk radio, it was easy at first, but now it's kind of like. Change that shit, Eddie. <laughs> I can't, it's the same. Because it's the same crap. I watch the news now, and I'm like, am I watching a rerun? No, this is the actual different day, different show. If they talk about the Cologne, the, the um, um, Marion, Amber Crawford, and Fitch, I don't know, whatever you call that shit. Oh, my God. Whatever this new variant is, it's always a new name. Let me stop you. The <laughs> yes, it's Amber I'm, I'm being nasty. Yeah. But every time you turn around, there's something different with it. It's it's a new this, it's a new that. But they're talking about it every day. Fast faces, true all-stars. Vaccines, every day. I'm literally looking at the press conference from the White House going, oh, oh shit. You know, I, I've seen granny porn that was more exciting than... Well, then again, granny porn's always exciting because 60s to new 40 these days. Anyway. Um, it's an acquired taste. Oh, granny porn? Yeah. Yeah. But you got to remember something. These grandmamas ain't, it ain't like Big Mama walking through the house with the moo moo and going, mm-hmm. It ain't like that no more. <laughs> Nowadays, great grandma, real talk, great grandmama's 60. Grandmama's, yeah. grandmama's 45. Mom is 30. You see where I'm going with this? Like so, in the middle of in the middle of that video, you won't hear, oh my buttons. 
it ain't gonna work like that. She, you ain't gonna come in the crib and she's like, yeah, me and see me and see so I'm gonna warm them beans up. So. No, you gonna see grandma out there, Shaniqua out there, in the dropping it like it's hot. Like, wait a minute, you got grandkids? Yeah, then they go over there. Ain't this a bitch? Really? Eddie, right? Because I know I don't have a lot of your time. <laughs> I, I, right. <laughs> Recently, you posted something uh, about on social media regarding uh, Jay Z's statement about why oh. he wouldn't do verses. God, that bit, went viral. A little bit, I think that was Tidal trying to get you to look into their catalogue and whatever, whatever, whatever. However, I'm going to ask you a simple question because um, a lot of the theme of um, what you posted was, and I think a lot of people missed this, you were saying, in your opinion, Hove isn't the greatest, Jay-Z isn't the greatest, whatever. Jay-Z's not my dude. Yeah? So, in your opinion... Who are the top five hip hop oh, acts? That's easy. Number one, no, I'm, I'm gonna go for five up. It's gonna, it's gonna blow your mind. Number five would be Nas, of course. Mm-hmm. Number four, MC Light. Yep. Number three, Ice Cube. V- very, very underrated as a writer. Mm-hmm. This man wrote whole movies. Mm. Number two, Biggie, of course. The goal is Rock him. Okay. Now, I could break that down into different categories, like top five groups would be Tribe Called Quest, NWA, Wu-Tang, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince, mm-hmm. Run DMC. Now, people are going to say, well, you're from Philadelphia, so you're being biased about Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I could be from Mars. It still would be that. And I'm going to tell you why. Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince had this commercial bubblegum style, right? It worked. Mm. At a time when rap was turned into gangster rap, shoot them up, bang it up, bang them up, you know, it's, and with rock and roll, you know, um, rape your father, kill your mother, that type of shit. Jeff and Will never changed their style, but still managed to stay relevant. Hmm. At a time like that, that's hard to do. Their album, And In This Corner, still for me, one of the most underrated hip hop albums of all time. And that's another reason why. They had an album, their second album. He's the DJ, I'm the rapper. Mm. The reason why that album was so important because it put Philadelphia on the map. And for those who don't know, Philadelphia is considered the DJ mecca of the mecca of the world. You had three world champions. Jeff, who won the New Music Seminar worldwide. Then you had Cash Money, won the DMCs. And you had DJ Miz. You also had many of Philadelphia. Philadelphia is considered turntablism at its best. Mm. And if you guys got some time, I'm going to show those who can see this a clip. Just a little quick clip before we wrap it up. 
I'm so visual. You can tell I do radio and shit. No, I, I love it. I love it. Before you do anything, I'm going to give you my top five okay. pop acts. Yeah. Right. This is, in my opinion, these are, these are okay, my favorites then. Yeah, okay. So, in no particular order, mm-hmm. uh, Gangstar. Mm. Mm. Guru. And no, he's not your dude, but Jay Z. No, like, oh, yeah. Oh, Jay- Listen, yeah. I don't have nothing against Jay Z. Just that when he was talking that bullshit, talking about can't nobody see him over. Yeah. Then there's uh, now there's a Brit- British guy who's one of my favorites, and I want you to look him up. Kano, just look up Kano. Look up Kano Fire in the Booth, okay. and you'll get it. <laughs> he does hip hop right. From from a UK perspective, and the Caribbean flavors in there, and yeah, so um, De La Soul. Mm. My personal goat is LL Cool J, because I feel at the top, if you know, it's for it's really hard to compare, because you know you've got different eras, you've got this person's got this catalog, this person's got that. I feel like LL Cool J at his hungriest, yet nobody could touch him. That's my opinion. But you know what? LL, and I, I, I really forgot to mention him. He should have been number two. Mm. But there's different reasons. LL, and I didn't realize this until Dr. Dre introduced him in the recent um, Hall of Fame induction. And Dre made a very good point. He said, you know, LL was a solo artist doing hits when hip-hop had nothing but groups. Mm. I had to think about it. I'm like, Damn, he's right. At that time, you you had Houdini, Run DMC, the Beastie Boys, Salt and Pepper was gay hit the scene. Was hitting this, you know. They were all, but there weren't too many solo artists at that time. I'm like, wow, he's right. I think the only really solo artist you had at that time was was LL, MC Light. That was actually making noise. Roxanne Shante, but she was so part of the Juice Crew, you never really saw her as a as a soloist. Yeah. LL didn't have a crew that he was with or anything of the sort. He was just a beast. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, like wow. I remember, I remember that you know, and and this is because I mean, he emerged from the old school, took it into the nineties, and I think that's where it was like I think. Your peak is there, and everybody else took over. But I, I remember the first time hearing Mama Said Knock You Out and thinking, what the hell? This is the greatest record I've ever heard. At the time, I was like, I've never heard anything like this. This is anger, hunger. This is flow. That beat was, I mean, was that Marley well, he, Marl who produced that? No, that was, um, no, that was Marley Marl. That was Yeah, that was fire. Because he said that he was losing it and he mm. had to go back home. So he went to to his grandmama house where he grew up at and stayed mm. for a couple of months and that's where he got the the premise from. The first time I ever saw LL in concert, this is a true story. He wasn't even that big. It was when radio had just came out. And he mm. freestyled here in Philadelphia at a place, a legendary place here in Philly called After Midnight. After yeah. midnight, like the, the Philadelphia version, those y'all know about New York, the Roxy or the uh, 
um, um, the Latin quarter, Latin quarter, whatever. Well, here it was after midnight. All hip hop artists, if they came to Philly, they had to go to after go through after midnight. And I first seen this cat on stage, and he was doing a freestyle, and just his and he was murdering them. hadn't even came out yet it was about to come out but it hadn't came out yeah. yet. So we're talking i think the only thing he had out at that time was um was radio you can't i can't live without my radio mm. um, the album hadn't even came out he just had the single out no i'm sorry i'm lying radio wasn't out yet i need a beat was out that was his first joint i need yeah. a beat. so that flow he did that freestyle i remember all of us was standing there like Yo, who the bleep is this dude? Like, he, it was, it, it was, it was crazy. LL is, was, is, and always will be hip hop. Mm. So let me just make this disclaimer real quick before we, we get out of here. I never said that Jay Z didn't have hits, mm. and I had, I had to keep saying. Just my opinion, y'all. Yeah, absolutely. Just my opinion. Absolutely. Yeah. And they're arguing, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Your thinking is wrong. How are you going to tell me my opinion? It's, it's, it's your opinion. Like, there's no definite, like, there is no official top five. Right. It's there is no official list. Yeah. So if I decide to say that Vanilla Ice, after I wake up, because I got to be dreaming, but if I say that's my, that's, who am I? You can't, people, see, that's the problem with social media. People got too many, with social media, you got too many accounts, you got too many opinions. Mm. Everybody's got an opinion, which is true. Everybody on this planet has their own opinion. But you can't force somebody, you and I could, I like Hellman's. You like Miracle Whip. Mm. That don't make you wrong. Don't make me right. The only way you're wrong, you put that bullshit on my sandwich. But other than that, you're not wrong because that's what you like. That's just yeah. what works for you. I think what you did was you opened a discussion. Uh, but people took that personally. They did. They thought, oh, you don't like Jay-Z. I don't like him mm. or dislike him. I don't give a fuck about him. For real, for real. Uh, but was I ever a Jay-Z fan? No. I really wasn't. Here's, here's my thing. I recognize... 
Biggie is one of the greatest. I don't. I'm not a huge fan of his music. Right. I don't. I, I don't. I've never owned one of his albums. I didn't listen to him. I, I, I'm. I'm take it or leave it. But I recognize him as one of the greatest. I just. It just doesn't move me. But lyrically, I will say this because I was listening to an old um, freestyle they did years ago. Had Sweet South Slash Battle with Big L. May he rest in peace. And for years, I was like, "Yeah, Big L, he tore that ass out the frame," you know. And then I really, I smoked a really good one. That's what the fresh batch would do for you. <laughs> and I sat there and I listened, and I'm like, "Whoa, wait a minute, man. I digress." Now this is after 20 years later. It was just. A couple, actually, about a month ago, I was doing this. I was listening. I was like, "Wait a minute, this motherfucker had bars." Mm. What are you talking about? He's not talented. Wait a minute, Negro. And that made me go back and really, really listen to every, just about everything that I know that he got. Like this dude got bars. But I just felt that it was very arrogant for him to say, nobody can mess with me on verses on stage. Yeah. And bump your head in the shower. Until somebody broke it down to me. Like, what you have to understand, the, the whole verses concept is about who's got the most hits. And then I got dis, dis interested because I'm like, well, you didn't need to make a whole production for that. You could have made that a Facebook post poll. Mm and call it a day you could have googled that information who cares i'm a i'm a purist if i got a problem with the dj we're gonna sell it on the wheels when they did that whole krs versus big daddy Kane, you had people like me that were like oh shit finally after 30 years the battle rock him you know a mm. uh, krs versus Kane, and it wasn't no battle it really was a showcase but like you said, it did open the door. My post opened. I'm telling you, that shit's going viral. I've every day I get in, I get about five notifications. So and so shared. So and so shared. So and so shared. Mm. Wow, wow, they really are taking this as if I'm on the anti Jay Z campaign, and I'm I'm not. I'm just saying, in my opinion. <laughs> It'd be funny if Jay Z released something and dissed you. <laughs> You know what? I hope he does. See, because with people, I understand that's marketing one-on-one. You just yeah, shot man. my brand through the roof. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. What? Listen, this is what my grandmama used to say, and I still say it. Well, my mama used to I keep saying my grandma, my mama used to say it. The more they hate, the more you make others investigate. Hmm. Those that's who true. will learn to appreciate. Unless you're into misdemeanors. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's good to have a little bit of controversy. I think. But that wasn't my. That really and truly was not my intent. When I, and if you read it, yeah, I was venting. I, I was. I was like, wait. Mm. I, I when I read the post, the original post, I'm like, fuck out of here. You slip and bump your head. Can't nobody get with you. Didn't Nas destroy their ass already? Buster, Q, Snoop, and I, that, I just started typing. Yeah, kiss yeah. my ass. Next day, I'm like, oh shit. People really take took this personal. Like I said, they mama wasn't shit. Damn. Yeah. Okay. 
So I had to actually, I had to actually address it two other times. Once on the video, and I had to. I don't know if you saw. I had to revise about my original post. This is what I was saying. You Google. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was going to go that viral. I'm just, and that's when I realized, yo, you really do have a voice where people actually pay attention to what you're saying. You need to be more responsible with what you're saying and how you're saying. Also, how people consume as well. I think a couple of days ago, I posted a picture of myself hugging a bottle of Ray and Nephew's rum. So Ray and Nephew's rum is 40% over. I mean, it's the, you don't mess with it. Yeah. And, and what I said in my caption was, I'm going to taste my granddad because he passed away in the summer. Yeah. I'm from a, I am, I have a Jamaican background. This is my way, yeah? So what I'm actually talking about is saluting my granddad, yeah? So many people, um, oh, you be careful. Oh, that stuff's lethal. And I'm like, listen, I had a shot. That's, but because I, I'm, I'm like, I'm kind of hugging it because I'm kind of being slightly humorous. I'm like, I'm hugging a bottle of rum, yeah? That's so many people. Make sure you don't get too drunk. Oh, this messed me up. You gotta be careful. I'm gonna have a shot, but then it kind of. But I kind of left it because I thought, well, this is how you consume it. You just assumed I don't know what I'm talking about. You've also assumed I have no idea what rare nephew's wrong is. It's been a part of my family's. <laughs> like it's 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 part of my heritage. And see, that's where I, I would. Yeah. Okay, I don't need your opinion, but when I want your opinion, I'll give it to you. Yeah. You know, and that's why I don't post a lot of things on social media like I used to, because everybody's got a, an opinion. And mm. half the time, first of all, I'd have to really give a fuck, which I usually don't at all. I mean, most of the time when I'm reading it, I'm taking this shit anyway, so that's more important. As soon as it's time to flush it all in. As soon as I flush the toilet, that shit is gone. Like, literally, <laughs> it really is. So whatever you were talking about, like, yeah, well, and, I'm, and I'm looking back, and I'm like, who are you? I'm like, ah, fuck you. Well, damn, why I gotta be all that? Just because I ain't agree with you, now you, now you gotta be a whole sack of motherfuckers, right? Now, see, I gotta be that. You know what? Okay. <laughs> Eddie, DJ Kid Disco, thank you so much for giving me your time. Like, <laughs> a couple of things. Yo, you um, know they're going to look at this and be like, <laughs> he's such a cheeky fellow. He's, he's fine. He's cool. I think, you know, I, I was holding out on interviewing you, and I'm glad that I did because it's. <laughs> been nice it's been nice to actually come and you know spend some actual one-on-one -on -one time with you which we, we've never done um so grown folks radio which is the grown with an e folksradio.com when's your next show or when when is your regular shows um my regular shows are wednesdays and thursdays 10 a.m eastern standard time so my next one's gonna be january the 5th because i've been on vacation yeah, so if you're in the UK, add five hours to that. Um, check Grown Folks Radio out on Facebook. 
No, 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 no. No, what I want you guys to do is actually go to www.thegrownfolksradio.com because we don't just do talk radio. We have DJs doing stuff 24-7. Yes. So you'll catch talk. Yeah. You'll catch music. You'll catch different different DJs doing different stuff. Um, it's not just, it's a whole, it's an internet radio station, guys. It's a whole thing. Just sometimes I think the stream is a bit weak. That's why I said. <laughs> ah, I get it. I get it. All the time, all the time. So, it's, you know, if you want to catch Eddie, as you are my subject. Um, um That would be then, specifically... Um, would be Wednesdays and Thursdays if you want to hear talk. Mm. If you want to hear me talk about hip hop, catch me uh, Sundays at six o'clock. So that'll be eleven PM UK time. Oh yeah, I forgot. You forgot that. That's all right. That's cool. Yeah. I'm hoping people in Philadelphia will, will listen to this. Yeah, they'll listen to it because they're, they're going. Like, Is he going to tell the truth? Is he going to talk <laughs> about me? Oh, don't talk about me. Don't talk about me. Yeah, they're going to. This is also the first time I've spoken to you. We haven't declared that you're high, which I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> wow. All I can say is wow. All I can say. Hey, you go on radio, my friend, and you come back from a commercial break and you go, full disclosure. <laughs> I usually do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do. You know what? I've been known to go to commercial break and then go outside of the studio and blow one in, in the trees and then come back and, and I'm like. <laughs> but before I was like, okay, when we come back, we're going to go to break, commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this, that, and the other. And then I come back and I'm like, and send the news it too. She's like, and I'm like. <laughs> You can see it in Cinder's face. She's like, damn, Eddie. <laughs> and I'm like, and she's like, well, I'm like, I got nothing. I, I really got nothing. I, I got nothing. But at least I'm honest. It's all love, man. It's all love. And nobody is judging me here. <laughs> this has been a pleasure. I don't get interviewed too much, Bass. I do all the interviewing. Nobody interviews me. Well, I hope that this experience was was favorable to you. It was because I don't get to actually answer the questions. I'm usually asking the questions. Yeah. But I do got one question for you. I, I, okay. I got to ask you this. So, they got any good weed over there? <laughs> I wouldn't know. I know the UK got somebody over there named Pookie. <laughs> Pookie is all over the world. Pookie. Do you know, I'm going to ask you one, one final question before, before we go. Uh, as somebody who grew up at the, be- uh, with the beginning of hip hop, when hip hop blew up for you, uh, you know, you've been through, you've seen the transitions, you saw the graffiti artists, you saw the break dancers, you saw the DJs, you saw the block parties. You saw it evolve into this massive thing. Is it strange for you that a culture that technically came from your streets, you're now talking to somebody who's from the other side of the world about it? 
Is that something um, you would ever, ever, ever envisage? No, I really didn't. And this is this is really how I put it. And I've written, actually written, written about it. Hip hop to me represents my first girlfriend. Hmm. I used to sneak her in the house, and I'm not lying. Like I got my ass whooped for playing hip hop because it was too loud. I would sleep with her in the bed. So to watch her, when I started first watching her evolve, I was like, yeah, this is what's up. Because when hip hop first started, it was it, it wasn't even called hip hop. It was just noise. It was it wasn't even called rap. It was just something mm. that wasn't respected. It wasn't going to last or whatever. When it went west, west coast, it was it was a natural. You know, it was like it was supposed to because we were still all coming from the hood. When it started going overseas, at first I was proud. I really was, especially guys from the UK. Um, even guys from Asia, who people from Asia who were starting to rap. It wasn't until the Sonys of the world took over that I lost all respect for it, because now it turned and it it went from a culture to a business, mm. and that's the part that really hurt my it, it, that hurt my soul my soul that hurt my core. Because it's no once it's no longer culture, it's a business. I don't want nothing to do with it. Because I didn't get into this to make money. Mm. I didn't become a DJ to live. I lived to be a DJ. Uh-huh. I hear you. And as in, I'm going to finish up with this in the infamous words of KRS-One. Rap is something you do. Hip-hop is something you live. Mm. And I've lived it my entire life. So I'm proud that hip hop is going over there with you guys. I'm proud of that. But I'm not proud of the the way that she sold herself to the to the biggest bidder. I'm just have a problem with that. It's not about the money. It's I hear you. Like but then again, I got gray hair and I'm fit. I'm a double nickel, so I'm just an old cranky dude, you know. <laughs> You're a respected voice in this in this culture, in this history, and I'm, I feel very privileged and honoured to to cross paths with you, my friend. So, thank you very, very much for doing my humble little podcast over here, and um, I will be working with you this year either sort of providing you with the des designs or whatever we'll, we'll, we'll do some more stuff i'm sure by the way y'all just in case y'all ain't know can i show them the yeah flyer you can do because <laughs> believe it or not this this flyer that this guy made for me made for us i should say me made for us is like one of the dopest flyers and like I said, I've been doing internet radio since, uh, what, 2012. I've been doing um, uh, 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 um, FM radio forever. So I'm going to show you guys something real quick. Um, if I can find it. If I can find it. Here it is. Right here. Okay. Boom. Um... Dun, dun, dun. Ain't that dope, y'all? <laughs> Tell them what 
Tell me that's not dope. Thank you very much. That is dope. That is so dope. Um, when I first saw it, I was like, yo, this dude is really talented. And then you did that with the audio. I'm like, this dude is really talented. Like, oh, that's, that's I try. Cool. I try. That's, <laughs> dog, you, you listen, bro. You know, um. So I know y'all been sitting there, you know, what's wrong with this guy and what's he doing and and all I gotta say is just you know, I'm ha ha <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so stupid. I don't I don't know. So go ahead and close out, man. I do, you keep trying to close out and I this guy, he's always saying he's, Hey, isn't that just like black people, man? That's the long goodbye. I know. Yeah, Negroes don't know how to leave. Like, all right, all right, yeah. it's time to go. Time, to, listen, listen, motherfucker. You ain't got to go home, but you gotta get the fuck out of here. All right. That's what I'm gonna say to my my mum. Is a 45 minute goodbye. She'll declare that she's leaving, and 45 minutes. That's when she leaves. Don't you hear when people give an exit speech? You ain't got to give an exit speech. Just get out. <laughs> yeah. and Thank you so much. <laughs> Listen, on that note, real we'll talk. If you if, if even if you're not gonna wear one of these, just where one. Cover that face. Where one. And I'm not laughing, I'm not joking, I'm dead serious. Mm. Life depends on it. Absolutely. Please. If you don't want to get the needle, that's your problem. But at least you know, it's, it's real basic. Be sensible. Be sensible. We got to go, y'all. Oh, damn. I went right into radio mood. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm going to get ready to say, we got to go to break, y'all. There is no break. After these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cool? I love that. That's my favorite bit. It came from, real quick, it's an American thing. It came from the after-school special. If y'all remember the after-school special, used to come on, guys, um, people from the U.S., um, ABC, after-school special. And it was, mm. after these messages, everything I do is old school, because I'm an old fart. Bass. Take care, my friend. It's been real. It's, it's, it's been, yeah, that part. I'm going to sign off. Officially. Appreciate you, man. Um, that part. Oh, and this episode, this episode was produced by Eddie as well. Yeah, you know, I'm probably the first guy that you ever interviewed that produces his own. Yeah, loving it. it saves saves me a job. I love it. <laughs> no, that's right. Right. Later, y'all. Baz faces. True All-Stars.